This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Three o'clock hour here on The Big Show. Gordon Monson and Austin Horton here with you. Uh, your Utah Jazz have won three straight. They uh, defeated the Spurs again last night, 126-94, uh, holding the Spurs under 100 points in back-to-back games. And then, of course, that tough, gritty win against the Raptors on Saturday. They've got the Nuggets tomorrow. And Gordon, joining us now to uh, talk about all things Utah Jazz is our good friend Tim Lacombe. Tim, welcome back to the show. And I have to start right here. Gordon all the time says, you know, I saw Tim Lacombe like to tweet, and it, but I couldn't find it anymore. And I and I roll my eyes and go, well, it's Tim, stop liking tweets, so then I have to go look at your timeline. But then last night, I see this tweet from you at David Locke, Coke or Pepsi, and I'm so lost. What was that all about, and is that even really a question? Well, it's, it's a, no, it's not a question. Yeah. Uh, but... The game was out of hand, and uh, he was fielding <laughs> questions on Twitter. Oh, I see. So they were basketball questions, but I just thought maybe he'd get to mine. It's been a while since I was chosen uh, out of a group to share stuff. So, yeah. I'm sure it's not that he's not choosing you on purpose. I, I'm sure it's – no, I'm sure that's – Oh, no, I, I'm sure he looked at it and said that has nothing to do with anything. Uh, but that's Tim, and, and then moves on. Do you know anyone, Gordon, that likes Pepsi instead of Coke? Oh, yeah. You do? Uh-huh. Have you cut them out of your life? <laughs> no, no. What do I care? Heretics. Uh, no, let people do what they want to do. Pepsi? You see, that's what I like about Tim. He's accepting. He's open-minded. He doesn't <laughs> worry about that sort of he's a, You don't worry about those kinds of answers, do you? You just, you just like the discussion. <laughs> well, ultimately, you know, all that matters is what I choose. You know, that's the yeah. See, you that? know, people can have whatever opinion they want. It's just hey, for me and my house, we'll, we got Coke. Yeah, you you can have a, a good taste in soda and choose Coke, or you can have bad taste and choose Pepsi. That's you're right. No, no, listen, your prerogative. listen to what Tim's saying here. here, here We've young, gone too long. With listen, this. <laughs> young, and you sit back and learn. Oh, listen and okay. Learn for a second, okay. <laughs> What Tim is saying will save you a lot of heartache. Don't worry about what the other guy likes. Worry about what you like, unless it affects you. <laughs> Word salad. Okay. Tim, let's talk about the Jazz. They, uh, as we mentioned, coming in three straight wins. More importantly, at least we were talking in the first hour, Bogey, Bojan Bogdanovic, and Jordan Clarkson seem to be getting into a better groove of late, especially Bojan. What, what is your takeaway there? I, I definitely agree, and I think those guys are going to be really pivotal. Um, you know, my observation on Boyan all year long was he's just a, a teeny bit behind based on his injury, and um, I think he's he's now kind of caught up, and he's doing exactly what you want to do at this time. You're you're kind of heading up. You know, your trajectory's up. His confidence is sky high. He's making great plays on both ends. He's got great activity and energy, and um, so it's nice to see. And then Jordan, I believe Jordan is, is a perfect example of what we were just talking about. Um, 
you know, when asked, you know, do you stress out about making or missing shots? And, you know, basically the answer was, no, I'm a baller. I'm a hooper. And, you know, I'm going to go out there and do my thing. And some nights they fall and some nights they don't. Um, but I think that that kind of attitude in the playoffs, particularly here, you know, it, it gets really exciting. It gets really tense. But guys get, you know, they feel that. And sometimes that can that energy can kind of get to a point where it's uh, anxiety. And I just don't think Clarkson feels any of that. So um, he's going to kind of be a nice little X factor to watch in the playoffs because I think he's got the right mental makeup to, to be an absolute, um, you know, superstar in the playoffs and, and play a huge role. So maybe you just answered my question, Tim, but when you were coaching, which would you prefer? Somebody uh, who's a little more, uh, what's the word? Uh, not cautious, but a little more careful about the shots they take. And they might have a confidence issue from time to time versus somebody who just seems to be completely uh, unaware of that stuff and is, like uh, like Jordan said, just a hooper who's just going to shoot and shoot and shoot. Which, which one is easier to adjust? I think, I think they actually are both interestingly difficult um, because – you know, on, on either end, you've really got to throw a lot of work into either reining somebody in or, or, you know, giving them a ton of confidence. I remember bringing guys in that were in a slump, you know, and I would actually go back and just pull uh, 100 makes from their career and, you know, come back and, and we just watch a, a highlight film of them making baskets, you know. So there, there's a lot of the work that goes into both sides. Um and, but I think what's interesting to make a team, I think you got to have a little bit of both. Um, you got to have guys that are cautious. You got to guys have guys that are thinking about, you know, it, it's no different than than odds. You know, it's it's guys that are going to play it a little closer to the vest, and then you got to have a bunch of guys that are willing to let it let it go. Uh, and if I think if you can find the perfect mix, you've found a great team. And I dare say, if you go back and look at teams throughout history that have been successful, you know, the dichotomy of both sides of that would be pretty interesting to study. Did you guys uh, at BYU ever have a, a player where uh, you told them uh, that they were in trouble if they didn't shoot? If they passed, they were in trouble, kind of like uh, uh, Quinn Snyder admitted to telling Joe Ingles in that ESPN piece by Tim McMahon. Yeah, we wanted our guys to shoot. Um, you know, outwardly, and there were some guys that you kind of hope maybe they'd just make the extra pass every now and again. Um, and those names? Got- who are those no, names? Oh, okay. I can't remember my. You know, Did it rhyme with Ronathan Ravenari? No. <laughs> oh no no no! That dude. I'm telling you, Tavenari. I only say that because he's listening. <laughs> Tavenari was he's he's exactly the Jordan Clarkson. I mean, you did not have to stress out about him having confidence. Um, you know, coach put him on nearly every kind of restriction you could put a guy on. He put him on dribble restriction. Um, he took he he put him on. Uh, talking on the bus restriction because he was so loud. He put him on media restriction because he said stupid stuff in the media. Uh, but the one thing we never put that dude on was shot restriction. Hmm. Wait, and, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You put players on media restriction? Not at BYU. That would never happen. Well, not not like, you know, like for a day, right? Or, uh, <laughs> But Jonathan, we, we got to choose two guys typically that we would make available. <laughs> And, you know, strategically, again, like you're going to put the right guy up at the free throw line in a crunch time, you got you got assets you can put in front of that table, you know, are going to say smart stuff. 
J- so, JT tells the truth too often is the, the problem. Are you suggesting that coaches don't want the truth to be known? I'm not suggesting. You, I'm saying Gordon, that's what the You can't handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so I love asking you this question, Tim, and I've asked it of you from time to time with your trained critical eye. But as you are looking at this jazz team now, and, and, and the question, the answers change, I think, from time to time, what is the thing that is most encouraging for them as a team that they're doing? And then what is the greatest concern? Well, I, I think I'll start with you know, the greatest concern is I think the, the team has had a, a magical type year um, in totally chaotic circumstances and the, the way they've responded, the way they've managed it, um, the way the coaches have been able to pull the right strings. I mean, I think from the start of the season, the Chaz have really figured out a way in this league to almost transform it. And uh, I love what they're doing. Uh, but that being said, uh, the one thing that, you know, they haven't had a ton of success in the playoffs and it's this time of year that everybody kind of starts talking about that. And so really, I think the only thing that I would put in the caution column on my side is just there is a process you go through in the playoffs. And, um, you know, if you watch the Jordan documentary closely, you know, every step that guy took toward becoming, in my opinion, the greatest player to ever play, um, you know, he, he met a ton of disappointment and discouragement, and that fueled him to take the next step. Um I think the Jazz definitely learned a ton, both from a pragmatic scheme standpoint and also, you know, a disappointment of, of letting their guard down in the 3-1 series last year. So this is the year. Hopefully there's some, some pay, you know, some paydays and you get feeling better. Right? So that's the question. I think on the positive side, um, you know, this, this Jazz team, this is no fluke. Um, you're looking, you're talking about, the third-rated offense in the NBA, and you're talking about the first offense on, um, in defense in the NBA. So, I mean, you, you can look through a lot of the contenders, and their numbers are, are all over the place, but I think the Jazz have been really consistent at um, doing the right thing offensively, really buying into a system that at times can be lethal for opponents the way that they attack you. Um, I think – the, the second piece of it is, I mean, they are just, they've got a game changer on the defensive side. And, um, you know, to me, it's amazing that the shots that pe- teams don't even take, like you watch film and prep and you're like, Oh, that guy takes this floater and, and, and they play the jazz and they don't get anywhere near Rudy. I mean, if they can help it. And, you know, when, when they do as Locke will say, bad things happen in go bear land. Um, so, I just think that that's the encouraging part is there's no part of this that's been a fluke. Um, they are, you know, by the numbers, by the eye test, the way they've progressed individually and as a team throughout the year, the way they've handled adversity. Um, I think all that stuff points to really positive stuff. Uh, a general NBA question for you, Tim, and we were losing you just a bit there in that answer with the cell phone, so just to, just to, by way of note. But a general NBA question, there's been a lot talked about and, and uh, heard about lately about this play-in tournament and whether or not it's a good thing, whether or not the players like it or not. You know what LeBron said, and you know what he said last year, that he loved it, and now suddenly when he's staring down the possibly being in it, he's not a big fan of it. What does Tim Lacombe think? What does Tim Lacombe think of the play-in tournament and why? 
Well, I've actually, you know, my experience of it, watching it and, and watching the, the league closely this year and last year, uh, and, and obviously starting to pay attention about this time of year because college seasons have started, started to get over. Um, it, it's interesting that there's actually some, uh, a, a lot of parrot, or excuse me, a lot of drama in nearly every spot. Um, I, that has not been the case. I think, in, in a way, the end of the season has almost been like the end of a blowout game, where everything's just kind of like, yeah, who's going to play tonight and who's going to rest tonight. And, and I feel like it's been a little bit more competitive, which I really like. Um, so, I, I, you know, year one, I'm a fan, and, and obviously the team I watch and and um, and cover. You know, they, they, they're obviously in a spot where it's, they're, they're fighting for the number one seed, but I think it all the way down to teams that are, are hanging on to that play-in opportunity. I think there's drama along the way, so I think that's good for the game. Tim, is there a team that you think is in the mix for, you know, the, the eighth position if the Jazz were to finish number one that is most favorable for them? And maybe you would say the Spurs after what you saw last night, but – uh, what, what do you think about the potentiality of a, a first-round uh, situation if the Jazz were number one? So I guess that would be uh, you'd see seven through ten. And so that right now is Portland, Memphis, Golden State, San Antonio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, in order of uh, obviously you'd want to play, I think, San Antonio, then Memphis, then probably for me, I'd probably rather play Portland and then Golden State last. I know Golden State's not great, but Curry's just there, – there's certain things. You can guard a guy like crazy and you can still do super, stupid stuff. And um, I have a ton of respect for Lillard, but I think Curry's just at a, a different place there. So I think that's the way I'd rank it. Is he the best shooter you've ever seen? Without a quite, without doubt, yeah. Hmm. What about- Next to Tavanari. <laughs> JT for three for three JT follow him on Twitter. Uh, what about tomorrow night the the Denver Nuggets? They have at least from what I thought was going to happen when Jamal Murray went down, they have exceeded what I thought they'd be doing without Jamal Murray. What do you make of this matchup? Well, I it just talked. You know, I, I thought the same thing, Austin. I thought they were really going to be on some rough water, but I think they they've done a good job. They they made a nice acquisition to get Gordon. Um, I think he's been a nice piece for him. And I actually like, you know, with Murray out, they went and got a veteran, signed him to a 10-day, and now for the rest of the year, Austin Rivers, who that should uh, cause a lot of heartache because he's been unbelievable against the Jazz this year. Um, The couple times they've played, you know, he's been with different teams. But, um, no, I think that that Denver's got a really good – Scheme. They've got a, a dominant player to play through, and then they've got really good role players. Porter uh, Jr. has really stepped up his game big time, uh, making big shots, really competing. I think the little Compazzo has been a nice addition to their team. He's a, a water bug, kind of a little gnat, you know, does all the little stuff that drives you crazy. But at the end of the night, you look, and he's got 10 assists. So um, what they're doing is, is really impressive with a, a ton of adversity. So it's going to be a it's going to be a, a tough one, um, but I really like where the Jazz heads are right now. I like the way they're playing, and I'm excited to see what their scheme looks like. You know, they can really kind of key on on the Joker and see what uh, what they can get him. You know, to get him in tough situations. Maybe you've talked about this, Tim, but who's your MVP? You know what, man i I'm a, I'm an old school guy. 
I, I really do think you've got to reward guys that are on the best teams. And uh, I, um, you know, I, I think it's it's crazy that Gobert's not getting more, or, or Donovan, you know, I think you can see right now by watching the Jazz, you know, if you're talking about valuable player, um, both what Rudy's doing, you know, in the face of a couple guys down uh, and the consistency you get there. Um, but I understand that he's never going to be the MVP because it's just not how this, you know, I just don't see Rudy as that. You, you got to be like a, a real scorer, you know, and, and I think that's always been uh, the case. Um, so then you look at Donovan. I mean, I think those guys, I don't, I don't know. At the end of the day, Jokic just had a special year. Um, and I know he's probably one of the guys being talked about. Um, I'm not huge on Embiid. I think he kind of picks and chooses his battles. Um, you know, I think Chris Paul should get some, you know, because without Chris Paul, I don't know the Suns are even close to what they're doing. Um, so I'm not one of those that just kind of looks at the candidates, kind of have my own thoughts. And I think, again, the teams that are doing the best should probably have the candidates that get picked. It's more more of like uh, the most dominant offensive player award. It's that's not really, that's the really most what valuable. it's become, yeah, right. True. I mean, and I just think reputation-wise, I think it's hard, and it's that's unfortunate because – um, you know, Rudy is the defensive player of the year. And if they had like, you know, one thing above that in defensive player of the decade, maybe um, he's just had a phenomenal defensive year. And I, I am telling you, man, I I'm preaching this, but speaking of offense, this dude is getting better right before our eyes. Um, he's making plays right now that he had no, he, he wasn't making earlier in the year. Even. I mean, he got a bounce pass last night kind of right in the right at the nail face up to the rim and then you know took two steps with the ball on the move caught it on his hip swung it through I mean it's just plays he struggled to make you know through a defender and now he's making them look routine so I just say you know maybe he will be a dominant scorer but I'm telling you the guy is phenomenal doesn't it really bug you Tim when you see the Jazz just stumble and bumble around with those fourteen turnovers last night. I just didn't, <laughs> no, Gordon. The new rule. The, the, let's run this by Tim real quick. The new rule is whatever the differential. They either have to lose. If they lose, you can t- bring up turnovers. If they win, the only way you are allowed to bring up turnovers is if the differential divided by two is uh, less than the amount of turnovers. And last night. The differential divided by two is 16. Yeah, Turnovers, we're, we're, 14. Yeah, we're talking Can't to, talk we're about talking it. We're talking to a coach here. <laughs> Turnovers have to drive him crazy. I'm kidding, really. I mean, they, they won by Okay, so by, let me put it in perspective, points. Gordo, right? 65. It's everything in perspective, right? Um, the, the Thunder lead the NBA in, in turnovers per game at 15 and a half per game. And so that's the most on a nightly basis. Um, the... Trailblazers have the least amount of turnovers per night, ten point nine. So, you know, everything else is just kind of it's kind of like a sandwich, and because Damien doesn't pass, and jelly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just sort of all in there, mixed in. <laughs> it's kind of mixed in, and you know, I, I'm with again. It goes back to cautious versus aggressive. You know, uh, you got to have guys that are going to take chances, and sometimes you take chances and and you make a mistake. So you got to play through that. You know, so we teach guys. And then there's other guys who are just going to play it closer. And, and so you got to have a little bit of both. And um, <laughs> so turnovers don't in, inherently bug me. Majerus used to talk about turnovers of omission and commission. And I think that's, that was an interesting <laughs> thing. He'd be like, you know, 
I don't mind that one. That was, that was a, you know, you were, it was a commission. You were, you know, uh, but then he would say if a guy didn't make a play or traveled or didn't shoot it when he was supposed to and turned it over, then he would say, you know, get on a guy because that was, he wanted guys making aggressive plays. Hmm. He'd tell guys, if if you get five charges, I'll give you the keys to my car. You know, (laughs) that was, he never gave the team, but that was just a motivational ploy to, for guys to, to be on attack. What do you think Rick would say, you know, if somebody wanted to bring up the whole point that he uh, ordered a, a extra large pizza as an appetizer? What would, what would Rick say about that? He, you want you probably want me to say it in Rick's voice, I guess. <laughs> he, he actually, I think he would use the large pizza not as an appetizer but as a napkin. As a napkin? Like, <laughs> yeah, he'd just throw that or a bib, you know, <laughs> an eatable bib. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's hey, Tim. I've never, seen, I've never seen anybody eat like that. I, I, uh, I was too young to really be around for much of the Majerus, uh, uh, I don't know, circus, I guess is a rude word, but uh, the, the stories. But I would like to go back in time and see the man eat a meal. I think it would be a, a Kodak moment. You need two tables. <laughs> right, and you better have like uh, you better have like a one of those salad bar shields. Oh, the glass, the plexiglass. Yeah, the yeah. food's gonna fly. Right? I'll, I'll leave you with this. Let me leave you with this, Austin. This is, All right. We went to I went to brunch with him in Austin, Texas. I was not working for him. I was down there. They played UT um, the night before, and then I picked him up on a Sunday morning. Team flew home, and he's gonna fly home later that day. We went to a buffet. I went and got, you know, through the buffet like you do. You take a plate, you fill it up, you go sit down. And I'm sitting at the table, and Coach comes walking toward me, and he's got four plates stacked up with food on all of them. Wow. Yeah. And and that was he just was coming over with four. So, I mean, if you were going to eat with him, you better be prepared to eat. It's, it would be, it's an athletic event, uh, <laughs> eating with uh, Coach Majerus. Eating. Maybe that could be <laughs> part of it, right? The best part about it is he took the bacon. He took the bacon and was trying to pull the fat off the bacon before he ate it. <laughs> I got Well, you got to watch. You got to watch those calories. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Tim. We'll hear you on the uh, you call tomorrow. Thanks, buddy. All right, appreciate it. Tim Lacombe, our uh, Jazz pre-half and post-game uh, show analyst, right here on the Zone Sports Network for Utah Jazz games. Uh, it was a competitive eating competition. It was an eating competition for Coach Rick, but there, he was the only one entered. Uh, each and every meal. Well, uh, you know that way you win. <laughs> That's a good way to make sure you, you win. Know, I was kind of like the Jazz last night with Spurs. You know, there was only going to be one winner. Eight hundred one nine hundred one eight thousand is the number. Eight hundred one nine hundred one eight thousand for Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew is back on the show to talk about acoustic wave therapy and what it's doing to solve ED. I hear those words a lot, Andrew, all the time when you're with us, and I've never had the opportunity to ask you personally. What is acoustic wave therapy? It sounds cool. Yeah, it, it sounds actually a little intimidating. Guys go through the treatment and they say, you know, that was so much better than I thought. I thought this was going to be some major invasive deal from outer space. <laughs> this is basically a technology that uses gentle pulsating waves that open up the blood vessels in this part of the body. So you come into the clinic, they put the device on the skin, you don't feel much, and there's no recovery time. You'll notice more blood flow in the bedroom uh, when it counts, of course. The big attraction here is guys do a few of these treatments. They don't have to go to the pill as much or at all. 
they can get rid of the erectile dysfunction. We see that guys, uh, the frequency in the bedroom goes way up. So a lot of benefits from, from more blood flow, and we're treating the real actual cause of the erectile dysfunction. Talk about uh, the, the real actual cause getting fixed, because I, I had a golf class in college, and we had to shoot a certain number to get a, a passing grade. And so mm-hmm. I would try to do all these weird things with the club and try to hit the ball differently, and the coach or the teacher came over, I guess he was a coach, came over and said, that what you're doing right there is a Band-Aid. That's not a long-term fix. You guys are all about the long-term fix. That's exactly right. It's a great point. Um, Pills are symptom masking, you know, uh, elements, I should say. Uh, They don't fix anything. You're taking more and more of it as time goes on. And a lot of guys, it just doesn't work. They take the pill and nothing happens. We're trying to alleviate the root cause of the problem, which in most cases is damaged blood vessels and restricted blood flow. 801-901-8000. And tell them about the exam that they're going to get in there. This is a really cool opportunity to see if you're a good candidate, ask a bunch of questions, meet with our MD. He'll do a blood flow ultrasound, by the way. We do it at no charge. A lot of value there. You get a little gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom. Very cool. And 300 bucks off right now. So a lot of value, and it's the first step in getting rid of the erectile dysfunction. What I like about that idea real quick is that if someone thinks they might have a problem, they come in, get that exam, and it turns out they don't, they're getting results uh, either way, and it's free, and they can move on with their life. Yeah, that's right. We see guys every day that maybe are taking uh, some medication for their prostate. That's causing the ED, for example. Mm. Get off the medication, it goes away. So that could very well happen. 801-901-8000. Andrew, will check back in. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Andrew Reinhardt of Wasatch Medical Clinic. You'll hear from Joe Ingalls, little cup of Joe, up next here on The Big Show. Cool in the gang, band of the day. This is this is Gordon's jam. I like this song. <laughs> I like these guys. Sounds like I'm in an elevator somewhere. I don't know. What the, the first one we've played, but this one sounds like I'm going up to the second floor at Macy's or something. <laughs> no, you guys are missing the point, man. This is all about. This is all about uh, romance. falling asleep. Yeah, <laughs> romance. That's a problem. You guys gotta punch up the romance in your life a little bit. Well, let's uh, let's get everyone's excitement level back up. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. listen to the, listen to the chorus here. I get you. Just, just give it a chance. Some, okay, here we go. Here we go. Huh? Matt Locke would love it. <laughs> All right, let's hear from Joe Ingles. Uh, a snippet or two, a cup of Joe from the Joe Ingles Show this morning with DJ and PK. It's must uh, hear, don't miss radio every Thursday. Here's what it sounded like. Time to welcome in Joe Ingles. Joe, yeah, good you, morning. You give them a call good morning. You sound happier and more upbeat. Is that because you haven't got a technical foul and you haven't had to get lectured when you go home recently? You've been keeping it. You've been living <laughs> on the right side of the line, Joe. Um. Nah, the technicals don't phase me either way. <laughs> that's, that's not that's not going to ruin my day. Um, no, I'm just, I, you know, the the best thing about it is I think I'm just enjoying the weather. I'm so glad the sun's uh, finally out. 
properly, like out, and it's shining and it's hot. I'm with you. I think a lot we of people all, are. We all are. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's been bizarre. So I'm glad that I woke up this morning and my lawn was being mowed and I could stand outside and have a coffee and it was a good start to the day. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm wondering how amusing you found that ESPN story that you're leading the league in something or other because in our time with you, it's quite apparent that of all the NBA players I've ever been around, you probably care least about personal statistics. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's funny because I, I mean, I genuinely really don't care. Um, again, I said it in the, the article with Tim, but I, everyone was telling me about this stat. And I'm like, I have no idea what this thing is. Like, so I, I, I did check it out. I tried to, like, Google it to see, and I still had no idea what it really meant. And then I still honestly don't really care. Um, the only thing that made me laugh one time, I think it was last week, is it came up about when I was shooting from three, close to 50 or 49 or whatever it was. And um, I think it was a coach basically made a joke saying, well, it just shows that you're not shooting enough if you're shooting that good a percentage. Like, you need to shoot more. So I was like, all right, well, I'll try and shoot some more. So, um, that it is what it is. It's whatever, cool or whatever. People can write an article about it, get their clicks, but uh, I couldn't care less. So I get the not caring about the individual stat, but the fact is one of the reasons the team has such a good record is because they have – so many people who are so efficient when they shoot the ball. I mean, you can do a bunch of things great in a game, but if you can't shoot the ball, that's what they give you the points for. That's how they decide who wins. And it doesn't matter if it's free throws, if it's stuff in the lane, if it's three-pointers, you are very efficient. So whichever coach told you, whether it was Quinn or one of the assistants, who said you need to shoot more because you're that efficient, they are 100% on target. But I also feel like watching you play, that message has has been sinking in. You've probably heard a lot, and you're absorbing it. Am I right? For sure. Um, and not a lot in a bad way, as in overdoing it or anything, but um, just being, I guess, aware of the fact that I can be a bit more aggressive. Obviously, with, with Mike and Donovan out too, there's 50 extra shots to take between those two. Um, Aggressive, being more assertive. Um, the Spurs, for example, pick and roll going to my left um, to try and stop my, my drive going left. And that's why, I mean, I, I think I missed the first three or four or something. But coach was like, that's a show you get. Like, um, so that first time out, it was like, all right, Rudy set it, set it a little bit lower and I'm going to shoot it every time. And I'm, obviously, I feel like eventually, even if I miss a, a couple of them, I'm going to make some. Um, so I just had to, kind of had to stick with it, I guess. And um, that, that's probably a little bit of the difference of in the past. Um, probably not kind of more recently, but like earlier on in my career, if I missed those first couple, I was a lot more hesitant to, to keep firing them up. Um, where, like, regardless of percentages or field goals, whatever these stats mean. Um, I've just got to keep shooting the shots that are, are there for me to take. And 
um, obviously I feel like um, the, the last couple of years, how, how good my shots felt, uh, I feel like at some point I'm, I'm going to make shots. So, um, yeah, just trying to be aggressive and, and aware of the situations that I can be aggressive and can get a shot. Because um, I think we saw that there was a few possessions even last night that we get we don't take some shots that are that are good shots because we're trying to get a better shot, but then we end up getting stuck in late clock. And I said it to Trent a couple of times. Like Trent was almost getting it was like it was he, him getting stuck with the ball with five seconds a bunch of times. So we've uh, we, we've got to take the shots as a team when they're there. Um, and as unselfish as we are, we've got to take um, even though we think we can get a better shot sometimes, we're still going to be able to take um, that, those good shots. So I think a lot of Jazz fans, because they've never won a title, they, they're scarred, and they think that if there's something that can go wrong, it will go wrong, and they worry about stuff. And now it seems like the latest worry is, oh, my gosh, things are going well, and guys are playing well. But what's going to happen when Conley and Mitchell get back? I mean, what's going to be able to be done to make sure everybody's playing at a high level? How much concern do you have about those guys being able to come back and jump right back into it? Uh, zero. That answer your question. <laughs> yes, it does, and that's what I thought your answer would be. Uh, but I, mean, I don't get—I get don't get why people get worry. Exactly. Let's not get it twisted. We won. I don't know how many games in the year before they like say before Donovan did his ankle. What was our record? Our record was like I don't know forty something and eight or ten or eleven or something. Like we won all those games. With our full team, so, like I missed a couple. Mike might have missed a couple early on. I think Donovan missed one. Um, I think I like out of anyone. I think I probably missed the most in that first like half of the year with the four games I sat out with my Achilles. Um, so let's not get it twit like there's no magic potion that they're out and we're playing well. Like we were playing probably better with those guys in our team. Um, like yeah, we've had to figure out different ways at the moment like Trent's come in and played well um, different guys JB Jarrell's come in and played well swap his kind of swap minutes like these guys have come in and played well and I think I think that's a good thing for our group because if something does happen knock on wood later on in the, the year or in the playoffs we've got guys that are confident to be able to come in and, and, and play meaningful minutes uh, I think Trent's probably the most obvious one to the eye because he's, he's been out there with our main group for, for big stretches um, but, like, JC's had to, to take more responsibility. I'm playing basically full-time point guard, except for when Trent's in the game, uh, which is, is different for me. Um, like, George starting, and he, he's played really well. Boyan's um, definitely kind of upped his, his level and probably just more his efficiency in taking, taking the shots we wanted him to take early on in the year um, and obviously also making them. Um, but when those guys come back, it doesn't change. I mean, it's, we've got two more pretty, pretty special players that are going to come in and be aggressive and play their games, and, and we'll all figure it out. I'll go back to the bench, and George will go back to the bench, and we'll, we'll uh, kind of go back to how we'll play early on um, for that first kind of half, three quarters of the year. You know, I thought there were a couple of really interesting things in that story that ESPN.com did on you and the.
There's a little bit of the uh, Joe Ingles show this morning. They were just about to ask him about his uh, piece that he did with Tim McMahon of ESPN. We talked about it yesterday. If you want to hear Joe's reaction, go to 1280thezone.com or check it out on the Zone Sports Network app. Gordon, uh, before we break, uh, Joe Ingles was talking. They asked him about uh, if he has any concern at all about Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley being reintegrated into the system. And (laughs) He flat out said zero. Yeah, and I and I would imagine the same thing. It's this wild thing on Twitter amongst uh, several uh, boisterous jazz fans that they're playing so well without him. I'm like, oh, oh come, come on, on. Yeah, really? right. Let's pump the brakes Stop here, everybody. It. Now those guys. Uh, well, I do think it'd be really helpful for those guys to get back with at least uh, you know two or three games left. To, I agree. Just to. Yeah, reintegrate and uh, blend it all together and get it so that it's working in peak form. But, uh, no, I mean, come on. Uh, anybody who would think that, the, wow, the Jazz really looked good against the Spurs last night, <laughs> that that's going to take care of business in the playoffs, come on, no way. Yeah. Gordy no Chiesa way. said as much on Monday about He said that the plan is always four, three or four games before the playoffs yeah. is, has got to be the goal. Yeah. So. And that, that – yeah, I imagine that's what we'll see. Uh, you know, maybe with minute restrictions and such. But well, I mean, they can take it from there. But yeah. just get the flavor of it back together. You know, it's like it's like when uh, when I'm in the kitchen. Oh no! And, and and I'm mixing. By the way, I watched the video uh, of when I was on vacation. I watched a video of me making dinner that night. What you sent like nine different videos. Uh, well, so I, what are you talking about? I, the video, like well, there's yeah, there like was, there's a continuous one shot. There was a series of them. And yeah, I, and I watched with very pl- well placed editor cuts. Well, I I said to uh, somebody in my vicinity, I said, "Hey, watch this and tell me if you think this is believable." And. Uh, because I watched it, and I thought, man, this is so good. This is like the galloping gourmet of your, you know. This and, and and the first thing they said was, I don't believe it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was offended. It looks like an infomercial where all of a sudden the food is made. <laughs> the only one that really fit that way. All you was see the is you slice a to- you slice a tomato, and next thing you have a feast laid before you. <laughs> Set it and forget it is well, what we got there. From they, but, but, but my point was, that, you know, you're just you get all the fixings <laughs> just right, you know, and then poof, magic, it happens. <laughs> so just three or four games, three games, I think is the right number. NBA by Wolfgang Pock right here on <laughs> the Big Show. Brought to you by SNS Roofing. Their huge spring sale event is going on now, where you can save thousands on a new roof. Call pound two fifty. And say S&S Roofing for your free bid. Mm, delicio. <laughs> Tridaytrading.com's market update is next, and I'll throw in a baseball take as well here on the big show. <laughs> Time for a trydaytrading.com market update. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit trydaytrading.com. Gordon Monson, how did the markets do today? Well, it's funny you ask because I have the information right here. Okay. It's a, it's a, it was uh, yeah, it smiles all around today. Woohoo! <laughs> 
Sorry. I'll add okay. my own sound effects. Yeah, please do so. The Dow was up over 318 points. Yes. The NASDAQ was up uh, about 50 and a half points. Woo-hoo. And the S&P was up uh, 34 points. There you go. Are you heavily invested these days? I have. If I am, it's news. I I don't know what I have to invest. So, uh, can you invest when you owe the bank? <laughs> I guess you could borrow money to invest. <laughs> That's really always wise, right? <laughs> Trydaytrading.com. Borrow money and then invest in the stock market and buy yourself like a boat in an RV, all with borrowed money. Brilliant. It's, That's just. Financial Advisory by Gordon Monson alone. I cannot uh, uh, substantiate what I just said. It was a joke. Uh, Before we get out to Andrew Reinhardt of Wasatch Medical Clinic, speaking of uh, financial advising, the Angels have parted ways with (laughs) Albert Pujols about eight years too late into the 10-year contract. This is his final year of that 10-year deal that he had signed. They designated him for assignment, meaning... They have a certain number of days to make a decision on him. He'll then go through waivers. If no one picks him up on waivers, then he'll be released from from baseball. I don't know if he'll be picked up on waivers. He's it's my personal belief, Mr. Conspiracy Theory over here, that he's a lot older than his his age says he is on the like how much roster. Older? I think at least five years older. Really? Hmm. Uh he has looked old since the day he got to Anaheim. <laughs> Uh, and uh, so that that's come to an end. He probably would not be okay with an assignment to the Bs, and so the, he'll go on to waivers. If no one in the AL takes him, then the NL have a, NL will have a shot. If no one in the NL takes him, then he'll just be an open and free agent. Okay, so question: If Pujols uh, came to the Bs, would you go watch him play? Nope, I'd watch the Bs play, but I don't want to watch Albert Pujols play. Oh, wow. He's not good. You Do you know what he's batting? Better. He So uh, since he came to the Angels, Albert Pujols – oh, where did this just go? I had it right here. He came to the Angels batting in his final year in St. Louis, 299. So not a great finish with St. Louis. Since then, he's batted 285, 258, 272, 244, 268, 241, 245, 244, 224 in a cool 198 this season. Well, the last couple of years, not so good. But, the, you know, uh, upper uh, 200s, that's, that's not Two? <laughs> He's a three-time MVP. What are you talking about? How many home runs did he hit? Well, with the Angels? Yeah. Uh, that is uh, da, 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 222 over 10 years. Uh, he hmm. hit 445 over 11 years with St. Louis. Well, that, that was back when he, he had... When uh, he was in his 30s? <laughs> and now he's been in well, his I 40s said, for look, 10 years? That's yeah, not I'm with bad you. for a 55-year-old man. That's, you're right. Batting 198 in the majors is not bad for a guy that uh, is eligible for AARP. Do they yeah. have like an age group for Major League Baseball? Like uh, a seniors tour? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you get to play in the softball game at the All-Star break. <laughs> So the uh, reign of terror of terrible baseball has ended for t- Albert Pujols. Well, you Anaheim. don't have a problem with him as much as you have with how much they were having to pay him, right? Yeah, I mean, he was paid more money than God would ever allow himself to be paid. So, 
All right, uh, out to the zone phone. Andrew Reinhardt of Wasatch Medical Clinic joins us now, and you don't have to pay anything to get some help at Wasatch Medical Clinic for ED, right, right, Andrew? Yeah, that's exactly right. We do an initial assessment, evaluation, and blood flow ultrasound with our doctor uh, for free. And basically what that does is gives us a chance to see if the performance issues in the bedroom, the ED, uh, are blood flow related. Most of them are, but not all the time. And if you're a good candidate for our acoustic wave therapy, clinical study after clinical study showing this can get rid of the ED, uh, it can get rid of the need to take the pill. A study from a urological outfit recently called our technology, the new standard of care for erectile dysfunction. So maybe, just maybe, the pill will be a, uh, a thing of the past someday, and this will be the go-to for everybody. What are some of the side effects that you get to no longer deal with if you can uh, if you do the acoustic wave therapy rather than taking the pill? Well, the pill, the most common, I mean, we hear a lot, but the most common are headaches, blurred vision, and kind of a dizzy hangover feeling the next day. Stuffy nose, we hear that a lot. Uh, these are buzzkill terms. You know, nobody wants to yeah. deal with this stuff. And the lack of spontaneity, that's another big one. Yeah, absolutely, because you get to have a quote-unquote quote, quote normal relationship in the bedroom again. I think that's a big one. And what people, I think, hear about ED and think, oh, I don't want people to know. I don't even want to know myself. But it's no longer that way, is it, especially there at Wasatch Medical Clinic? We really are trying uh, uh, hard to remove the stigma because I think the stigma is dangerous. Guys come in, they say, I have struggled for years. You know, my significant other, my partner knows. We're the only ones that know. And the relationship doesn't have to suffer. You're more normal than you think. I'll bet most of your friends also have ED. So, uh, you know, think about this. Two to three weeks from now, you could be done with these treatments. That's pretty quick. One phone call, three weeks from now, you're all done. 801 901 8000. Tell them again why they should call and the, the free stuff you're throwing in. Yeah, the assessment, the exam, the blood flow ultrasound, free. Uh, the gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom, very popular. And 300 bucks off treatments right now, uh, a lot of value. 801 901 8000. It's Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, guys. Sam Amick of The Athletic has your NBA daily assist next, right here on The Big Show.